This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. Hi, I'm Angela Solomons. I'm the Education Coordinator with Taranaki Community Law, and I am the Law Lady. I'm bringing you the legal information you need to know. Well, it's all And today we're going to talk about legal aid and specifically about how the criminal legal aid process actually works. Um, So as always, the show is only general information and your specific circumstances might be different. If you'd like some specific advice, you can give Taranaki Community Law a call on 0800 529 878 or you can contact your own lawyer. As I'm recording this, it is the end of September, nearly October, so just a little heads up. Uh, Taranaki Community Law closes down over the Christmas period, so if you have any urgent legal issues that you think maybe you should see a lawyer about, now is the time to call us. Please do not wait until December. Um, It's very unlikely we'll be able to give you much help in that kind of time frame. So if you've got any issues and you think, oh, maybe I should get some legal advice, now is the time. Uh, The information on my show isn't meant to replace individual advice from a lawyer, though. Um, But we would like to hear from you, so if you've got anything to share about this show or any of my previous shows, you can post on the Taranaki Community Law Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram and also on TikTok. So, let's talk legal aid. I saw a news article recently about the the Mama Hooch Rapist's trial that took place in Christchurch. And it was about how much legal aid the defendants had received and how this was a really high amount. And it made me a little bit frustrated, not because it was wrong, because it wasn't, um, but because there's a whole lot of context in underneath this that the news article didn't get into. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about some of that context around legal aid and how it all fits together and why we have legal aid, particularly criminal legal aid, in um, Aotearoa, New Zealand, and what that kind of means in this context. So before we talk about that, um, one of the things in the news article was um, a victim advocate who was saying about how um, victims in this specific case but also victims generally of crime um, don't receive a great deal of support and I just want to be clear that this is absolutely correct. Um, The criminal justice system in Aotearoa New Zealand is concerned with judging someone, that someone being the person who has possibly done the bad thing. Okay, so that's the way our system is geared, it is geared towards the person who may or may not have done this criminal activity. And so people who are victims of that person are not the focus of the criminal justice system and they do miss out and it can be an incredibly traumatic experience for them. Um, It can also lead to people choosing not to participate in the criminal justice system because of the difficulties involved when you are the victim of crime. So that is absolutely correct that there is not enough support and it is partly a function of the way in which our criminal justice system is set up. But it also doesn't have any direct relationship with legal aid. So it's really important to separate these things out. There isn't one big pot of money that all these different things are being pulled out of. Legal aid is a very specific thing, 
and it has a very specific set of funding for that thing, um, and it doesn't have any relationship to um, support that victims should have. And I completely agree that victims should have more support in the criminal justice system than they currently do. So in terms of legal aid, um, the first and kind of most fundamental question is why do we have it, what is it, why is the government paying for people to have a criminal defence? So this is, broadly speaking, an access to justice issue. So in New Zealand there are actually a couple of different um, schemes. So there's legal aid, and legal aid covers both criminal and what's called civil legal aid, and I'll talk a little bit about the difference between those two things in a sec. We also have a public defender scheme, and we have duty solicitors. And these all operate in a slightly different way, but they all operate for the same purpose, which is about access to justice. So fundamentally, when it comes to criminal issues, the Crown, that is the government, have charged somebody with a criminal offence. So the state or the government or the Crown, that's the way it's usually referred to, have huge amounts of power here, right? They have decided that somebody might have done something wrong. They have the power to force you to go to court. They have the power to force you to answer questions about whether this is correct or not. And ultimately a judge, although separate from um, other arms of the government, is still an agent of the state, makes a decision about whether or not you are guilty. So this is a hugely important exercise of state power, of power of the state against the individual. And so because there's this huge power imbalance between the state and the individual, there's a recognition in many places, New Zealand included, that the individual should have the opportunity to get a fair trial. And part of getting a fair trial is ensuring that they have an adequate defence. And in fact, arguably, it's not enough just to have an adequate defence. You want all of your defendants, that's the people who've been charged, to have a good defence, right? To have the best defence they can have. Because until the judge sets down a verdict, we have to assume that the people who have been charged are innocent. It is one of the fundamentals of our legal system. Hugely important for a whole range of reasons. So right up until the judge set down their verdict in this Mama Hooch um, case, right up until then, those two men who were in the dock were considered innocent. Innocent until proven guilty, that's exactly what it means. That means that in this context, we have to treat everybody as if they did not do the thing that the state has charged them with. And because we have to assume that they did not do it, we must therefore enable them to put up as good a defence as they can to show that they did not. So that's the sort of fundamental building blocks on which legal aid is built. This idea that it's really important in terms of access to justice to ensure that everybody who is charged with a crime gets an opportunity to be able to defend themselves if, if necessary. Sometimes people um, plead guilty or um, do other things within it, that's all absolutely fine. But the point is that they have the ability to access that justice as much as they can because it is such a fundamental power imbalance between the individual and the state. 
I'm using my hands to show the difference between the big power of the, in the state and the little power of the individual. So that's the kind of starting point. Now, not all countries have exactly the same schemes, um, and it doesn't have to look any specific way. So here in New Zealand, the way we manage this for criminal um, matters is through criminal legal aid, through the public defender scheme, and through duty solicitors. So duty solicitors are um, lawyers who do this as part of their um, obligations to the law profession. Um, the other ones, if you just rock up to court, usually for a relatively minor matter, um, you can go and see the duty solicitor, it doesn't cost anything, they give you a little bit of advice, it's usually pretty short, um, they'll be able to point you in the right direction of where you should go next, that's kind of their role within that. The public defender scheme is the same thing as legal aid, except that the people who are um, the public defenders are employed by the public defenders um, service, rather than being independent lawyers who also receive legal aid funding. So the main difference there is where they are employed. There was a bit of disparity between the wages between these two um, groups, I'm not sure if that is still the case, um, but they are employed by the public defender service to provide this um, defence for people in criminal matters rather than being independent lawyers who also provide this through legal aid. So that's the main difference between those two. And then of course finally, legal aid. To be a legal aid provider, um, you are a lawyer who then goes through a process. So we'll break for our first song and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of um, being a legal aid provider for sort of criminal matters. So first song today is by The Beths, and this is Expert in a Dying Field. Can we erase our history? Is it as easy as this? Plausible deniability I swear I've never heard of it And I can close the door on us But the room still exists And I know you're in it Hours of phrases I've memorized Thousands of lines on the page All of my notes in a desolate pile I haven't touched in
Maybe in other realities, the road never took this twist. And I can close the door on us, but the rain still exists. How does it? Hoki mai anō, ki te law lady on Access Radio 104.4 FM, and today we are talking about legal aid, and specifically about um, criminal legal aid and what its purpose is. Why do we even have it? So um, legal aid in New Zealand is governed by the um, Legal Services Act. I think the most recent is from 2011, and um, a little bit of sort of disclosure for myself years ago, now. Um, when I first finished university, um, when I had got my law degree, I was a grants officer, so I granted legal aid. That was my first job out of university. So although the system is not the same now as it was then, I do have a pretty good understanding of how it works from the other side. So the purpose of criminal legal aid is to ensure that people who are charged with a crime have the ability to defend themselves and have the ability to defend themselves to the best of their ability. Because we actually do want defendants to be able to defend themselves as well as possible. And there are two ways in which people can defend themselves. One is that they pay for a lawyer themselves, and the other is that they apply for legal aid. So when someone applies for criminal legal aid, um, they'd fill in a form, they have to provide details of their financial position. So um, your eligibility for legal aid is based on your finances, whether or not you could actually afford to pay for a lawyer to do the thing or not. And there are specific bans that that are set out in terms of how much money you earn as an individual, or if you've got a partner, if you've got dependent children, etc., etc. So these are all the things that are taken into account. The income and assets of your um, spouse or partner are taken into account when it comes to um, legal aid funding, but the assets and income of extended family members, for example your parents if you're an adult, um, or your siblings or your grandparents or your grandchildren or any of those, um, they are not. Because just because your parent might have a lot of money does not automatically mean that they would provide that for you. So um, in this specific case that was talked about on the news, um, both of the defendants received legal aid, so both of them met those financial thresholds. That's what that means. It means that they looked at how much money they actually earned, 
how much how many assets they actually had and they fell within the guidelines to be granted legal aid and, and yes it's pretty clear that in their extended family you know that they were the sons of the owner of the restaurant for example and so it, it's pretty clear that that within their extended family people had more money um, but there's no guarantee that those people would have chosen to spend that money on their defence. And so because it's based on their income, and they obviously met the criteria, then legal aid was available for them. Because without legal aid, if you can't afford a lawyer, then you can't have a good defence, and then that leaves you at real vulnerability of not getting a fair trial. And that's what this is all about, right? That access to justice that you are having as just a result as possible. So they met the criteria for legal aid, obviously. Um, for criminal legal aid, for low-level matters, your lawyer is assigned to you. So you fill in the form, it gets sent off, and then a lawyer is automatically assigned. So you don't get to pick your criminal legal aid lawyer. So that's for low-level things um, when you require legal aid and you go to court. For high-level um, or more specialised kinds of charges, like in this instance, um, then there is the ability to pick a legal aid provider. So I can't say for sure that that's what happened here, because we don't know, um, but it is possible that they have chosen um, a legal aid provider as a result of it because of the nature of the charges. And again, this is for good access to justice reasons, right? We want... If you're being charged with something quite specialised or quite significant, we want to ensure that the defence you get is appropriate to that. And while many legal aid lawyers can do lots of things, there are some specific kinds of crimes that some legal aid lawyers are better at. And so that's kind of that, what that provision is about, enabling somebody to find a lawyer who can actually represent them in the most effective way. So we don't know if that's what happened here, but it is possible. So legal aid providers, so not all lawyers can do legal aid. So that's, that's kind of the starting point. So um, legal aid is something that a lawyer has to apply to become, they have to apply to become a legal aid provider. Um, so there's a whole process. There are also different tiers of um, providers. So the highest tier are the ones who have the most experience um, and they can charge a higher hourly rate um, and the lowest ones are the ones who have the least number of experience and they charge the lowest hourly rate. So there's a sort of a, a sliding scale in terms of who your lawyer is and how much they can charge. So not all criminal lawyers will do legal aid, uh, but many will, and then they'll be, uh, they are what are called legal aid providers. So a legal aid provider is an independent lawyer. They're not employed by the government, they are often self-employed or employed within a firm and they then choose to do legal aid as well as other kinds of legal work. Some uh, lawyers do pretty much just legal aid because that's enough for them for a full caseload, that's fine, but they don't have to. They don't have to be tied to just doing legal aid, they can do other work as well. So um, legal aid lawyers get paid an hourly rate that hourly rate is lower than what they would be charging if they were a private lawyer. So although, again in this example, that the amounts that were spent on legal aid were really high, 
that hourly rate that the lawyer is charging out at to legal aid is actually lower than what they would likely be getting if they were charging a client privately. So it isn't that they lawyers are you know, charging extra amounts to legal aid. That's not how it works. They have a limit on what the hourly rate is. They cannot charge more than that. And um, then the Ministry of Justice approve that. So it's not just a big pot of money. Lawyers don't just go, hey, I'm a legal aid provider. Here's pay me, pay me my bill of $500,000. It, it does not work like that. There's much more steps, much higher level of process involved in that um, than what it might initially appear. So a break for our second song, and when we come back, I'll just talk a little bit about the sort of nitty-gritty of how legal aid providers are paid and what they're paid for. So our second song today is by 660, and this is Don't Give It Up.
you're back with the Law Lady on Access Radio 104.4 FM and today we've been talking about legal aid, specifically around criminal legal aid. So just before the break I talked about how it's not just a big pot of money that lawyers just go, hey, pay me this whole bunch of money for the stuff I've done. There's actually a whole process that lawyers have to go through when they are legal aid providers. So they have to put in some information to the Ministry of Justice they um, usually have to provide some estimates on about how much they think something will cost. They then um, get approval from those estimates. They then invoice on the back of that. If the invoices are significantly higher, you know, like if it doesn't meet the estimate or there's some problem, um, the Ministry of Justice may choose not to pay it or not to pay all of it. And so, and it goes on like this. So it's not just at, right at the end. They have to make these during the course of... Um, the criminal trial or whatever it is that they are doing. So they can't just wait until the very end and then just put in one giant <laughs> one giant invoice and then the Ministry of Justice pay it. There's actually a lot more oversight than that on legal aid providers. So they are being paid less per hour than they would be if they were um, doing it privately. And there's quite a lot of administration involved in um, providing that information to the Ministry of Justice, the Ministry of Justice checking to make sure it is legitimate, and then it being paid out. So although the amounts um, quoted in the Mama Hooch case are very significant, like this is a lot of money, um, this is also, you've got to remember, a really complex trial. There were a lot of charges that lawyers needed to um, be aware of, and it took quite a long time. So the trial itself took a long time, but of course, for a lawyer, there's a whole lot of work that needs to happen well in advance of the trial itself. So they've got to do a whole lot of things in order to provide a good defence to their clients. So it's easy to say now, now that we know that they are guilty, that this was too much money, right? We spent too much money because it turned out that they were guilty. We didn't need to have spent all that much money. But until that verdict is given, we have to presume that they are innocent. And an innocent person deserves a good defence, right? Because the Crown, that's the state or the government, they are putting all their time and resources into proving that this person has done something wrong. And Crown prosecutors, the people um, on the government side, the, the people who are you know, doing the other side of it in court, they're actually paid quite a lot more <laughs> than um, the defendant's lawyers are. So, you know, they're putting time and money and a whole lot of their state power behind these charges. So it is reasonable to expect that we give these defendants a good opportunity to defend themselves. And if it turns out down the track that they were guilty, well, that's just... That's just how that works, right? Like That's part and parcel of this process. Our aim with legal aid is not necessarily um, to make sure that people are innocent. Our aim with legal aid is to ensure that everybody who the state charges with something have a good defence. And in this specific case, it was a big case, it was very complicated, it was a long time frame, all of these things, it's probably, can't be sure, but probably quite a high-level legal aid provider, all of these things made the costs add up. But that doesn't mean that the costs were inappropriate. The Ministry of Justice look carefully at what legal aid providers are telling them when they make these decisions. They are not just handing out money left, right and centre. There is a whole process that goes on in the background 
to ensure that they are getting good value for money for people's defences. So yes, this was a really significant amount of money, but the purpose of this money is to ensure that these defendants, just like every other defendant, gets access to justice, gets the right to a good defence. The fact that that turned out later on that they were in fact guilty doesn't change that fact. It's still a really important, fundamental part of our justice system. So if you've got any questions about this or any other legal issue, you can give us a call on 0800 529 878. Just a note, Taranaki Community Law does not do legal aid, so we do not have any legal aid providers. We can't help you in that respect. But as always, this is only general information. Um, It's not meant to replace advice of a lawyer. The opinions expressed in the show are mine, not necessarily those of Taranaki Community Law. Um, and your specific circumstances may well differ. Otherwise, ka kore roa ho, a te rawa. Well, it's alright As long as you've got someone to lay with This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.